making sure everything goes to plan and talking to the client. You need to have a production manager who makes sure the planning and schedule is right. Uh, you need to have the creatives, whatever creative you need, if it's a brand strategist, copywriter, art director. Hey, what's up, branding experts? Alec here at Epic Design, and welcome to On Branding Podcast. And today, I have two guests on my podcast, Friedrich Oost and Eric Kokum. And they are both partners at SNASK. They're joining us from Sweden. And SNASK is an internationally renowned creative agency that makes kick-ass branding, design, and film. So today we're going to talk about how to build a strong brand image. Hello, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, Ari. Thank you so much for having us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm super impressed. And by the way, for you guys who are listening, just go to snask.com, S-N-A-S-K. K.com or just search on Behance because Snask is I'm super impressed by the amount of work you have and the quality of work you have in your portfolio it's amazing on this podcast I just wanted to talk about your process how a typical client engagement process looks like and maybe you can give us some tips on how to because you are not a typical branding agency right you combine film videography with photography with art direction and with branding and other things things like illustration and so on can you talk to us about a bit about how did you guys how you started your agency and then you can maybe take it from there yeah, I mean, we started the agency straight from university, so we had zero years of experience. People in the industry told us, oh, you need 10 years of experience to start your own agency. And then we thought, whose experience is it that we're going to get? And probably white old men, the conservative world's experience. So we thought, why not fuck it and just start our own agency, make all the mistakes ourselves and find our own way of doing things. And Basically, that's yeah. how we started out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I've read some of your story. And so basically, I was telling you, hey, you, you need 10, 15 years experience before you even think about starting your own agency. But this is not, it's actually, the best way is actually to learn on your own by doing things, right? By, by working with clients, by doing the design work and figuring out yourself. And so... Yeah, um, yeah, go ahead. No, but like that, we're so happy today. We're so happy that we did it. I mean, the thing when you do it like that is that it takes more time. You know, it's like it takes some effort and it takes some time. But if you manage to do that, you create your own thing. And like, I think if we would have gone in to get 10 years of experience, we would have yeah. so easily become like everyone else. Because then we would exactly. have been taught you have to do it this way. And even if we would have started 10 years later and been like, now it's time for Snask, then we would have like, but we know how you should do it. And that would have been based on someone else. Yeah, definitely. So you're doing a lot of things, working with a lot of different, you know, companies. And uh, what is your favorite project? What is your favorite client? What type of client do you like to work with? Depends on, I mean, the creative freedom versus, of course, ambition and budget is always the case. But one of our like favorite like project is Malmo Festival 2014, where we got to do a visual identity that became a whole area of a festival. So it uh -huh. became like 13 meters long and nine meters wide typographic insulation that we went up 30 meters up in the air to, to shoot from above. 
and then it was used as a whole area for kids during the festival of eight days. Now, I think like a reason for that is like both a, it's a design driven thing that we, you know, like even if we take it out like in many ways in photography, etc., it's based from like a design idea and also that they are not a commercial client, meaning that they were much more appreciating like sort of an, um, an expression that maybe was more about the emotions and the art and, and it didn't need to, we didn't have to sell something at the same time, more an experience, let's say, than a product. I see. So, so it gave you basically more creative freedom. So there were no constraints sometimes yeah, we, these clients. Yeah. No, but it's funny with that because I think when we presented that idea for them, for example, we did the classic rationale of explaining everything like you have to yeah. for commercial clients. But if we do this, you can use it like for this as well. And it will be very effective in that use trying to speak their language a little bit. And then after the presentation, there is like, yeah, but why don't we just do it? Like, why do we need to have all these smart details in it? Like, why don't you just express it in a nice way? Like, they, they didn't care about those, like, rational arguments. They just wanted to express art. And, yeah, so it was a very fun project in that way that, like, we were behaving more commercial than they and them almost in the start of it. interesting. And, and you, you touched upon a, an interesting thing that I would like to talk about because... I think that these uh, designers who are listening to us, they're probably wondering, like, how is that possible that you are so unique, you're so original with your work, and at the same time, you're able to convince clients that, hey, this is what we should do. Because it's very artistic, it's very creative, it's very unique. Can you just walk us through your ideation process? Like, how do you come up with ideas and then how you sell those ideas to clients so they can buy it? They buy into, the, into those original ideas rather than just going with something conservative. I think the first, a good question. The first thing is that we only put projects in our portfolio that we would like to do again, meaning in the long run, companies contact us to do bold projects. So that's an important factor here, because if companies contact us to do bold projects, that means we know that we can push a lot of that in a project. Secondly, when it comes to the process of a client, we very much push them before we start doing ideas and checking their ambition with the project that we really want to do something bold with you. We want to, you to mm -hmm. stand out, be unique, etc. And making them understand that is super important even before you start presenting ideas. So you basically set the stage first for what's coming. So to prepare the client that, hey, this is what we want to do is going to be something unusual something probably unexpected something different as to get prepared for that but these are our recommendations and if you want to work with us we will be glad to work with you so there is there is okay so if you set the stage like this i'm wondering like okay that's fine but you have an awesome portfolio right but you you didn't start like that. So how to start like that? Because clients who approach you now, they can see your work, right? But for those designers who are, who are maybe just starting out or they're out of school or they have a, like a small agency and they want to do some more creative stuff, more artistic, uh, what would be your recommendation to, to how to do that? Do you really have uh, to have this type of work in portfolio before you even try to create something original with your next client or? 
But I think if we started with the student side, the student years is such a great opportunity to try things out, like to do things that are not client project, to do whatever you want to express and maybe like find your style, find your passion within the field, which is something that we did. So we had an idea of what type of style SNASK should be and where we wanted to go. And then, like Freddie mentioned, it's a lot about creating that portfolio next step and put effort into that. Even mm -hmm. if you make a small project in terms of just decide the budget or the type of client or whatever it is, when you start working, still make it look big. Put effort on the documentation of the project, create more assets than needed or than what was asked for and document it in and make it into a beautiful portfolio case you know then then again if you show that from its best side that's when people are going to be like i want that you know and yeah don't put out a boring commercial corporate project that you don't want to do put that into the drawer and present the stuff that you wanted that's a great tip that's an awesome tip yeah that's definitely your priority as a designer as a creative because that's how you get you're getting hired based on your portfolio based on past work so you really need to pay utmost attention to what you put in your portfolio as you mentioned right you don't put every every single client in your portfolio you only select this, the work that you want to be recognized for that kind of a match your, your, your vision for your creative agency in the future what the type of clients you, you want to have in the future right yeah. so that's extremely yeah, important it's super yeah. important and then you need some time to let you know that grow because if like you said from the start and maybe we did i don't know 20 percent of our projects were maybe the things that we wanted to do but that was all we showed and then it that percentage grow over the years so like after five years of working maybe it was 80 percent even that like we got in that was the style that we wanted to do because but you need to start somewhere and of course you need to maybe get some money in as well and so on. So it's nothing wrong with taking a project as well that is maybe not your style, but still to make things, the wheels turn. And then you can maybe use some of that money to create stuff that you want to show. So a great for creatives, uh, designers who are listening to us. So basically your priority is to work on your portfolio, but don't sacrifice the money because the money needs to come, you need to pay the bills and so on. So yeah. you can still take on clients that make a good profit for you, even if they are more conservative. Even if you don't show this work in your on your portfolio, you still can take on these clients. But then eventually, as you mentioned, at the beginning, it could be only 20%. So you can have money coming in and then you can just focus on showing the type of work that you want to do in the future. Yeah. Um, I'm really wondering how you got like how big is the team first of all because you guys are partners right so you're a creative directors you talk to I assume you talk to clients and then brief your team of designers animators filmmakers and so on so how do you guys collaborate together is it more of open like a brainstorming environment like a meeting or is there are perhaps a teams or art director with a copywriter or something like that who work on different concepts and then they come together and select the best concept and then work together towards finalizing that concept. Can you talk to us about that, the process? Yeah, so I'm, all in all at SNASK we're roughly 10 people 
in different roles and have an extended family that we call Snask Supreme, which is our experts within everything, in, within film design, copywriting, whatever. And for every project, we put together a team of experts that we feel is suitable, most suitable for the project and that part of the project, because sometimes a client project can be a one team that's doing one part of it. And then at another point, it can go over and be another part. But no matter where we are in the process, you need to have an account director, for example, making sure everything goes to plan and talking to the client. You need to have a production manager who makes sure the planning and schedule is right. You need to have the creatives, whatever creative you need, if it's a brand strategist, copywriter, art director, designer, etc. So it's like you need all these elements in a team and then directors of different sorts to make it like into a good team. And don't rem don't forget that the client is often also part of a team in a way because you always do a project with a client. So it's, it's a big team and you always put together the best team possible. For the client. So based on, okay, so based on the client, you put together a team and then you work with the client. So when you work with your clients, do you work with your clients like super closely? Can you talk to us about the discovery session, the strategy, a, a bit about what precedes the design? Because we started talking about setting the stage and so on, but can you just give us some more detail and in, in some depth into the strategy, the discovery phase? Yeah, of course. We do a lot of brand strategy and for us it's very important that it comes before the design because it's basically all the insights that we need and the direction of the brand. And no matter what we deliver, we can deliver brand platforms, tone of voice, messaging, etc. But it's always a direction, creating a personality of a brand. A personality, a tone of voice, like what does this person say and how does this person say it. And the personality together is very important to in order to know what to design. You can't choose an outfit for a person you never met. It's very important. It always precedes the design. Okay, what do you think? How this, what, do you see any trends coming up in 2023? Because we are approaching the end of the year. 2023 is coming. There are a lot of trends coming up every year. Different, different visuals, you know whether it is fonts, color schemes or whatever. Do you have anything in mind that you think we're going to see more in 2023 or you would like to try more with your clients next year? Well, funny thing with that is from our perspective, we, we almost been looking more at ourselves and, uh, and like what we like doing and what we think is fun and works well for our clients, etc. And then we, it's funny because we've been going on now for so many years, so like during 15 years of creating like our type of expression in design and film and photography and so on. We've been like in and out of trend several times. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure if we're in and out of, of trend like now or in 2023, but it's, it's never really been our focus to adapt to it. So we don't pay too much attention on it. I don't know what it feels like, what everyone's talking about is the AI creations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I feel maybe it's more going to be a backlash on that. Yeah, so well, it's kind of yeah. interesting because what's happening in 2023, no human on earth can tell us what's going to happen in 2023. And trends is kind of like everything from this second and backwards in time is a trend. So you can might think that a trend is something that is coming, but it's actually either it's already been like in fashion, oh, the seventies is coming back or it's something new, which we like. 
then you can't tell what's going to come. So you can't say what a trend is before it's already here. And for us, we much rather look at what's, what hasn't happened, which means you can't mm -hmm. say what's going to happen and find inspiration in that. While as if we take AI, which is funny, ironically a trend, AIs only look at what already happened, they take that data and they try to create something from that. So that's our long answer. <laughs> no, but it's, that, that's very true. So you're just making a point that trends are, you know, if it's a trend, that's something, you know, that's something from the past anyways, right? So we cannot really predict trends, what's going to happen. But are there, and do you think you will experiment at some point with AI or with generative design or anything like that? Do you think you will have a, a you know, a, a, a project in your portfolio, you know, that might be using AI or do you totally dismiss that and you just want to focus on doing what you're doing? What do you think? Of course, we will at some point use AI, but always in combination with a human. So for us, mm -hmm. AI will be a tool, just like a computer, a hammer, painting, whatever. It's a tool that a human can use to create something. But when it comes to AI doing it all by itself, we don't really think that it's going but, to, yeah. Yeah, and it, it feels like it's so early. It's like, now it's only about, look, an AI can make that, like sort of like a human can, or like, it's just like translating it in, 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 in trying to like almost make a process shorter or easier. I don't know, it's like, it would be more interesting if it was some like value-based version of it, you know, something that was, we were creating something new with the reason that was not about the, the craft or, you know what I mean? It would be based on some type of other exploration where we yeah. wanted to find something. <laughs> I don't know exactly what, but you know, then it maybe it could be more interesting than like just producing an image through AI. No, but that's exactly what I meant using it as a tool. Like I would imagine, for example, I don't know, you want to create a set of graphics in a specific style, whether it is like cubism, for example. So you could ask AI, hey, we can you generate as a library of photos, you know, or images in a cubism, Picasso style or something like that, right? Okay, last question I have for you, since you are so creative and so original and you are saying like it obviously it comes, it all comes from you, right? You focus on yourself in your work on doing great and unique work, but there might be, I assume, there are things that inspire you. you know, perhaps other agencies, perhaps you look into the history, as you mentioned, into the past. You try to get inspired by styles, like you mentioned, from the 70s or 60s. So how, how do you find inspiration? Where do you look for inspiration? Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, simply put, we try to live as good lives as possible with the most meaning for ourselves. Meaning we spend time with our loved ones, with our best friends, our family, pets. We watch films, we consume culture, we read books, we read the news, we talk about politics. We These things that is everyday life and trying to be inspired in that. Because to us, that's, the, that's closest to our hearts. That's the, what makes us want to live the most. And we believe that if we are super close to the reason for us existing, then we can find inspiration in that. It's much more that 
than looking at someone's style or what another agency did, etc. It's much more trying to lead lives that we feel is meaningful and from there finding inspiration. You can even find inspiration from horrible things like this. Wars going on now. There are right-wing extreme politics going on and you can find like energy in making something against that for example or trying to bring topics up so there are always interesting things happening right now that you can find inspiration in that doesn't have to be visual mm -hmm. awesome no that's a great point so basically just keep your eyes open and just soak in 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 your in in what you do on an everyday life, reading books, watching movies, hanging out and stuff like that's gonna make you feel present and inspire your creativity, right? As we yeah, are approaching the end of... Yeah? No, but you stand, don't be afraid to mix those with your work. You know, it's like, sometimes people live that life and they do things. They read books and watch movies or go to a museum, but they like don't... Hey, then they go to work and they like close the door to it. And, oh, I'm at and work. Forget and I'm about that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, but it's, that's what makes it more fun. If you, yeah, if we talk about politics at home and we feel something and then you go into work and be like, I felt this about this. Can we, you know, that's the inspiration. Then you can like maybe express it somehow during your day and, or in a project or whatever. So it's, yeah, it's also to let that happen a little bit or that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, so just being in a moment, basically, not just like going to the museum and then you go back to work and you forget about that, just being present, thinking about that, thinking about life, thinking about what you, what you, what you are doing and just being yeah. and soaking in all this inspiration from our everyday life. That's going to inspire us more than just trying to like break other projects because at the end of the day, we need some balance, right? So we cannot spend yeah, every okay. single minute in front of the computer looking at other people's work and breaking it down and see what they've done that is so amazing because it can actually come from us from the inside when we allow for it to happen. So that's awesome. I really appreciate it. I think that our audience will enjoy these tips. And um, of course, I'm going to look to your link to your portfolio, which is snask.com again. And you have so many awards on Behance. I have never seen an, any agency with so many awards. So it's 70 or so. I don't even remember. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, check out uh, Snask on Behance as well. Do you guys, how can connect with you? Are you active on uh, social media? Yeah, Instagram. Instagram is the best. So thanks again. Uh, thanks, Eric and Friedrich. Thank you for Thank having you. us, Eric. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Good night.